This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. The only guy that really was, well, I guess two guys here, obviously. Josh Allen is the big one that went into the tent and he came out. The only other one, the only other one from Josh Allen was Cam Lewis. And he came back in the game as well. He had something going on in the groin, maybe. Uh, he was limping around. They were walking, But he actually, they were working him out. He went back in. Otherwise, Matt, I think the Bills came out of this game pretty clean, which is great on a four-day, and now you have 10 days to get ready and rest it up. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that obviously that's a big factor for them going forward. They've been so banged up. But the problem that they're dealing with is that all of the injuries that they have are significant injuries that are placing people on IR. It's not like, okay, a little rest and recovery, and maybe you will be available for the next game. I mean, I look at the injury report. The only like truly injured players who did not play in this game were who? Quentin Morris. And then who else was even on the injury report? Um, that was it. Um, oh, Balen Spector. Balen Spector. And then the other one was Dawson Knox, but he was put on IR. But he was put on IR. So, yeah, I mean, I think that obviously you get out of this game. The scare, of course, happened when Josh Allen goes into the medical tent and then he comes out and he doesn't even miss a play. I don't even know if there was a situation where he wouldn't have come out and tried to play the game. They probably have to try and protect him from himself at that point. And they're like, Josh, you cannot do this. But and maybe it's a pain tolerance thing. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think he was coming out of the game. I mean, McDermott basically said that after the game that, you know, you have to take the helmet away from Josh, which is true. Kyle Allen was warming up. He was going to go in the game. They were ready for him to go in the game. Then Josh came out of the medical tent. It just so happened that it took just that amount of time for the. Just so happened. Right, just right, so right, happened. right, right, right. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, the, the change of possession, basically. All right, let's talk about before this game. Kyrie Elam, inactive for Josh. Norman. All right, what do we think? Does anything happen here with Kyrie Elam before Tuesday's trade deadline? For what? That's my thing. I don't know. You look at I I'm not I, I disagree that anybody says you can't get anything for him. He's a first round talent on a rookie contract that some team probably said, look, we evaluate him. He'd fit in our system. You're not gonna get 
a first or second round pick for him. But I don't think you just you. I think you get a better deal than you would for Boogie Basham, for example. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I think if you could get anything better than a fifth or better, you're making the deal. I think you should be making the deal. I would love for them to say, okay, let's fifth might be right. I wouldn't disagree. I, I would love for them to find a team that has. I don't like. I don't want to like use this like in a bad like another misfit like another guy who has not worked out for another team even if it's not a first round pick even if, it could be a third round pick and it could be like hey this is a guard who isn't working out for us he's not playing you've got this guy let's trade see if there's a change of scenery see if that benefits something I, I just don't know what you do I feel like you have gone past the point of ever resurrecting his career here in Buffalo that's not to say that he will never become a good NFL player. I just feel like it's a very clear indicator of how they feel about him here and that his future is probably not brightest in Buffalo. I agree. I guess the question is, is his future even one more week in Buffalo? Because the trade deadline is Tuesday. I would say if Brandon Bean doesn't get anything, he gets sixth and seventh round pick swap offers, basically. He should probably hold on to Kyrie and say, all right, we'll maybe try and do something in the offseason, maybe try and do something at the draft. And if not, then we'll roll into next year. Maybe we can, you know, salvage this and see where it goes. Because I just don't think it's, it's. I don't think it's beneficial to the Bills to just give him away for nothing. I agree. I don't think there's at that point there's something to be said about cutting ties and knowing when you need to move on, but not for nothing. Like, what difference does it make if he's just inactive? And I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. I know that he's on your fifty-three man roster, and that kind of ties your hands a little bit. But I think they are certainly trying to move him or would be very willing to include him in a trade if that could be a sweetener for a team. So we will probably, well, maybe we might or might not talk again before the trade deadline. What about bringing a player in? We'll talk. Do you think, um, you think Brandon Bean brings a player in to this organization? Yes. I do have an open roster spot, by the way. There's only 52 on the active roster right now. I think they do bring somebody into the organization. I don't exactly know who it will be. I think that it will be one of two things. I think it'll either be a one-technique defensive tackle or a wide receiver. I think it'll be one of those two things. I will say, though, today was a big day for Gabe Davis and a big day for Khalil Shakir, so maybe they're feeling a little bit better about their wide receivers now than they did in, I guess, weeks past. But that also, to me, does not mean, like, no, you can't go and get one. Like, I think you activated Andy Isabella to your team today. You could absolutely go out and get one if – Hunter Renfro could be had. I think you probably like Hunter Renfro a heck of a lot more than you like Andy Isabella. No disrespect to Andy Isabella. There's probably other guys out there. I, I would be calling on Devontae Adams. I would be calling on DeAndre Hopkins. I think that those are tough ones to make work. What about the other side of the ball, like Patrick Sertan? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure, absolutely. That's a premium asset. Well, I think Devontae Adams would be too. I don't think that's – I think Patrick Sertan is much more expensive than Devontae Adams. I mean, Patrick Sertan's a first-round pick. And he's on a rookie deal still. That's what I mean. Like, you're giving up at minimum a first-round pick. I think you're probably giving up 
similar mm-hmm. to what the Dolphins gave up for Bradley Chubb. Probably right. I mean, and and Devontae Adams. And by the way, the Raiders have said Devontae Adams is not available. You never know. You're only not available until you're available for the right price. And Devontae has a big contract, so it would be tougher you know, to deal with. I agree with you. I think they make some sort of move. I'm not really sure what it is. The one spot I think that they really still might want to use and might want to you know look at is linebacker, weak side linebacker. Just feels like look at today what they did. By the way, I don't think Dorian Williams took a defensive snap tonight. I don't think so either. I don't think he did. So Tyrell Dodson was that guy. And then they had the dime package. It feels to me like they might want to make sure. They don't feel comfortable right now with what they have there. Maybe they want to bring somebody in at that position. I think the other ones are at least more important. I don't know. I think that they can get by at linebacker. Which, it's tough because they did tonight, but they also implemented the dime package stuff. So maybe they have to do that because they feel that poorly about the linebackers. There's just not a name that like immediately jumps out to me of saying, okay, that's a guy that you could go get. So, real quick before we wrap up, I've got a couple guys I want to bring up. James Cook, 14 carries, 67 yards. And, you know, he, yeah, another nice night, 4.8 uh, yards per carry. That's, that's a nice um, stat line for him. Yeah. And the other one, do you know what Stefan Diggs' stat line was? I'm, hope, I'm, I'm covering it up. Yeah, what, do I, what am I trying to guess? Yeah, I don't know. How many catches do you have? I think I know that. I think he had seven. He had nine. Nine for 70. How about that? Nine for 70. That's a little, when I looked at that, I was a little surprised. How many targets? 12 targets? Both him and Gabe Davis, 12 targets and nine catches. Gabe had 87 yards and a touchdown. Diggs had 70 yards, no touchdowns. But that, it was a quiet night that actually was fairly productive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that shows you how good Stefan Diggs is, that he could have nine catches for 70 yards, and it kind of goes completely under the radar. I will say, Stefan Diggs made, and Josh Allen, one of the biggest plays in this game, getting the first down at the end of the game yeah. to run the clock down to that final 30 seconds or whatever it was when the Bucks got the ball back. Because if you do not convert on that, you're giving the Bucks the ball back with like 210 left on the clock or something like that. So when they needed a big play, they went to Diggs and he made the big play. Khalil Shakir, six for 92. I'm looking at this. I'm wondering, when's the last time the Bills had four receivers with at least 65 yards in a game? I mean, that's that's a, that's nice. My guess is the Dolphins playoff game last year would be the last time that they had four receivers have at least sixty yards. Because I think in that game, Kincaid, not Kincaid, Diggs, Davis, Shakir, and I feel like maybe even Beasley. I'm gonna look it up. Boy, Knox, maybe just talk. I'm gonna. All right, you'll look it up. The other. Look, it was it wasn't totally perfect for Ken Dorsey. I mean, obviously, he he. I thought he called a really good game, but the third down and goal, shotgun situation, or second and goal, shotgun. Latavius Murray, we got it. Look, he's been so good in the red zone calling plays this year. I don't understand that call. I don't either. I just I I sure. I've seen some people say that they've had success in that scheme in that formation in years past, but it just feels overcomplicated, especially if you're going to go for it, which they did. You're going to go for it. Put Josh Allen under center and try and push him in. And then if that doesn't work, you know you're not losing yards. Just do it again. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't try and get cute. Just do that. Or or even throw it twice. Or even I don't even line up in you know power formation and just hand it off. I'm going to look up this thing. I'm going to try and type it on here as well. You have it. What do you got? All right. Oh, no, I wasn't even close. Stefan Diggs had 114 in that game. Gabe Davis had 113. And then Shakir had 51. 
So I'm going to take a look at that. I'll, I'll have that, and I'll, I'll I'll just go to you know Pro Football Reference and plug the numbers 